Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everybody to another episode of Reflections from the Heart. My name is Cameron Norse, and I am joined with you today um, solo. We, to, today we'll be opening up um, if you have a chance, get your Bibles ready. We're, we'll be reading from Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. Um, but before we do that, I would love to open us up with a word of prayer. Thank you, Father, for the gift of today. Thank you for the opportunity to serve you. Thank you that you will be here with us. We invite you through the power of your Holy Spirit to illuminate the Word of God as we open it up and speak directly to our hearts today. We thank you that you have promised to always be with us and to never forsake us. So we welcome you as we open up your word. In Jesus' name, amen. And again, we are in Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 9, and I'm going to read that to you now. Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, Behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate, and they were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, there's a lot here. Um, Let's just go ahead and start unpacking this. Again, this is Reflections from the Heart. This is a Gospel Reflection. Um, you can go to stewardshipmission.org. Um, we put up the different gospels for each week, and I would encourage you, if you've never thought about it before, uh, take a look at it and consider starting a gospel reflection group. I've been a part of a gospel reflection group here locally, oh, maybe around 11, 12 years, and I love it. I, I know we've We've, what we'll do is we'll go through the Gospels and 
just like today, we read nine verses. Then we reflect on it uh, as a group, as the Holy Spirit leads. And it's a joy as you break open the bread of life to be able to hear um, some different people's stories, maybe real life stories. Um, Yeah, I think it's fun how the Holy Spirit will illuminate something to you that speaks to you today. Uh, It could be maybe a breakdown of some of the words. It could be how it relates to something. Um, But I would encourage you to check that out if you haven't. But just taking a look at this here, so Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John, led them up on a high mountain by themselves. Um, I know something worth noting is he didn't take all of the disciples. Uh, He took three. And I think that, I think that's good because it's a good encouragement. There's other times in scripture where Jesus takes Peter, James, and John. Remember, he asked them to stay up and pray. Um, he did, he didn't interact with everybody in the exact same way. He, he didn't interact with everybody in like, <clears throat> like a broad audience, so to speak. Uh, but he had his, he had his different circles. If you've ever heard or saw teachings about different spheres of influence or different circles, you know, you have like a, inner inner circle, you have an inner circle, you have the circle, you have extended circles, and Jesus modeled that for us here. In in this case, he had his inner circle of three, Peter, James, and John, Um, and if you think about the rest of the New Testament and after that even, uh, just the significance that Peter, uh, James, John, that they had, um, it's almost like Jesus knew that there were some of these great things to come, and he also knew that taking them up on a mountain or bringing them into some of the inner circle things, that um, that would be part of what they needed for the journey that they were on. Um, it, It doesn't mean that the other disciples weren't on a great journey. It just means that for different ones called to different things, he knew that this had to be a part of of what they had to go through. So I think, you know, just relating that to to real life, I think same with us. Everybody has different experiences, whether it's different families, different parents, um, you know, different careers, different schools that we go to. Everybody has their own unique story, so to speak. And I think that that is God-ordained. I think that God knows what you need and maybe something that you're going through right now or something that you went through when you were eight years old, he knew that that would help to transform lives 20 years from now, 40 years from now. Um, But yeah, diving back into this, he led them up on a high mountain by themselves and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as lightning. Um, was studying this scripture before, I know that this word transfigured, this is the same exact word that's used in scripture when it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
that same imagery be transformed by the renewing of your mind is the same word as, and Jesus was transfigured before them, his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as lightning. I mean, let's just, let's just stay on that for a moment. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I think being transformed, being transfigured, that metamorphosis that that takes place, I, I think it's a big deal. I, I think he he tells us to guard our hearts, to guard our minds, because he knows that that is a battleground. He knows that that is a place that that matters. It matters what is going on in your mind. It matters what conversations you're having with yourself about a situation. It matters the thoughts that you're letting play out and you're going deeper with when you're thinking about a, a relationship. And I, it's why he tells us to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Like, what, what does that look like when we take a thought captive? I, I think for me, and, and I definitely don't claim to have things figured out, but for me, there are times where I'll have a thought I'll just run it by the Lord. Lord, is this is this thought from you? Is this thought from myself? Is this thought from the enemy? I, I think one thing to to note about that, I don't think all thoughts are our own. I don't think every every thought that you play out in your mind, I don't think they all just come from our own mind. I think there's influences on those things, and we get to, I don't know. I think we should have a say. I think sometimes will let a thought creep in and stay longer than it should, but I think we should have a say in what thoughts we let sit and what thoughts we even are willing to dive deeper into. I mean, we, we all know the scenarios of being with other people and they'll say something and we'll hear it, whether it's the right way or the wrong way, but we'll, we'll find an offense in that. And we'll choose to pick up that offense and we'll hold that offense. Sometimes we'll play that offense out in our mind. Oh, you know what? This is probably why they did this. And this is, this is why they do that. I think these are the times where we need to guard our hearts. We need to guard our minds. We need to take every thought captive. And I think it could be as easy sometimes as saying, Lord, I feel an offense towards this person. Where did that come from? And I know there's times in my life where he showed me, when they said this, you heard that. And it's like, oh boy, okay, well, I don't, I don't want to interact with them with that thought, especially if it's not a truth. I was offended by them, and I think at different times he'll either provide opportunities or ask us to talk with them about it, have a conversation with them, or other times it's just flush that thought. That like that thought is not allowed here. So so we were talking about he was transfigured before them, and the idea that transfigured is the same as being transformed by the renewing of your mind. It, and it's kind of wild that I don't know. It almost seems like a too easy of a step to have this to be transfigured, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's like, it's almost like the mind is a battleground, right? That 
that we need to be at least recognize, if not be aware of it throughout the day. Um, I think it's I think it's good advice too to um, be careful not to pick up an offense because I know for myself there's been too many times where you let that offense play out in your mind and it's like it's not good it's not good and you go down a rabbit hole and next thing you know you've had a hour-long conversation not even with the person just the back and forth in your mind and yeah I, I think we need to be careful we need to guard ourselves against that um but then the next part here and behold Moses and Elijah appeared to them conversing with him can you imagine seeing that I mean so it's Peter James John and Jesus they're on the high mountaintop and then they see Moses and Elijah having a conversation with them um and I think about other times in scripture I mean it says Moses spoke with the Lord face to face is is this one of those times um that's ah you can almost picture it um and then Peter of course Peter spoke up which he likes to do and says Lord it's good that we're here if you wish I'll make three tents one for you one for Moses one for Elijah But while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. From the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And and this is a similar, what we heard God speaking when Jesus was baptized, right? This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. I don't want to take away from the end of this. It says, listen to him. Um, this reminds me of some of the parables that we've just read through recently, where at the end of the parable, Jesus will say something like, for those who have ears, let them hear. Um, yeah, the idea of listen to him is when you're listening to somebody, you have to put the distractions to the side. You, you know what a conversation looks like. When somebody has something important to say and they really want you to listen and you sit down across from them and it's almost like your whole posture is, you know, your, your shoulders are facing them, your eyes are looking at their eyes, um, your ears are open versus, you know, looking at your phone or off in the distance or turned away or, you know, you can't wait to interrupt them with, with the story that you have that you think is better. I, I think there's times where... Throughout the day, we need to listen to the words of the Father here and listen to him. Listen to Jesus. I think he wants to speak with us. I think he does speak with us. But I think sometimes it's easy to get distracted. And I I, I would just fall back to these words. Listen to him. And what does that look like? Like what... I'm not trying to give you empty ideas. What does it look like to listen to Jesus? I think sometimes it's opening the bread of life, and when I open my Bible, I like to say a prayer, and it's as simple as, Father, I trust that you have something to speak to me today, 
And I invite you, through the power of your Holy Spirit, I'm going to read these words until I hear from you. And there are there are many times where you can... It, it, sometimes it happens right away. Sometimes you just keep reading and something will illuminate to you. But I also don't want to discount... There are times where something doesn't jump off the page. But if we look at this as the bread of life, like it's nourishing us. It's nourishing our spirit man. I, there, there's times where... I don't know. You could think of a million examples. What did you have for lunch last Tuesday? I don't know what I had. Okay, but it still nourished you, right? You You still went into the situation hungry, and you walked out with something. Um, To be honest, I don't know what I had for lunch last Tuesday, but I'm, I'm thankful that I had lunch last Tuesday. I think I did. In the same way, I think... We can approach opening the bread of life that way. Like, my spirit man needs to get fed. I'm going to make sure he gets fed. And I think that is a daily practice. I, I think part I think I think one of the examples we get from the comparison of of the Bible being bread of life is that it nourishes, right? E- each of us is we're three in one, right? So we're a body, a soul, and a spirit. Think of your body as the physical, obviously, you know, there's internal parts to that, but it's not hard to explain what our physical body is. And then we have our soul, and oftentimes it's described as like our mind, our will, our emotions. And then we have our spirit man or woman, like our our spirit, the spiritual part of us. I think it's important to nourish each of those different things. I think it's important to take good care of your body. I think it's important to take good care of your mind. I think it's also important to take good care of your spirit. One of the ways we do that, like I was just talking about, is opening up the Word of God, inviting Him to breathe on it because it's alive and active and to speak to us about our situation that's happening today. Sometimes he might put something in your heart today through reading the word that he's setting you up for a couple of weeks or months from now. But he he needs to get you, you know, in the same way, um, you know, you're trying to get your body in shape for a physical feat you might be doing months from now. You can't start the night before, right? So I think that's one of the ways we're talking about the word of God in, in the scripture here where it says, listen to him. Like listen to Jesus. Um, I think another way we listen to him is is to just find a chair in your house. F- find a spot. Maybe it's not in your house. Maybe you just find a spot where you say, Lord, I just want to hear from you. Um, I, I think it's okay to find that quiet time and just tune your ears in, tune your eyes into that still small voice, that quiet voice. It's It's like a whisper. Um, and there's plenty of times where I know in my life, I have those moments and it's like you walk out of it with this ding, with this thought of something that I couldn't have thought of on my own. And it's almost like, okay, here's the next step in something that I've been trying to work on. And it, it's remarkable how sometimes you spend that time, you get some of those next steps, and then you start walking it out, and it's like, that was crucial. 
Um, so we'll, we'll keep going here with the scripture. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their face. Uh, they're very much afraid, I would imagine so. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think that I think that would be a natural response for any of us. And of course, Jesus said, rise and do not be afraid. Wow, just reading that, it's like God said, listen to him, and then the first words out of his mouth were, rise and do not be afraid. And if they were, if they were listening to him, it, it's almost like by him saying those words, he empowered them to be able to do that. And I think that I think there's truth to that. I think there's there's many times in our lives where he will give us a word, like do not be afraid, rise, do not be afraid. And it's almost like in the breath of him saying those words to us, it gives us the power to do what he's calling us to do, even though one second before we weren't we didn't have that ability. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Um, and when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus charged them, do not tell the vision to anyone until the son of man has been raised from the dead. So a couple things with that, that are just coming to mind here as we're reflecting on this. He said, do not tell the vision to anyone. I think oftentimes we, for me, I, when I read through the Bible, I think of like dreams in a certain category, visions in a certain category. But in this case, we're reading nine verses here. Again, Matthew chapter 17, verses one through nine. And it's describing these things as, as, as if they're actually taking place, like in the physical. Like, and then it, Jesus describes it as don't tell the vision to anyone. Like, don't tell anybody that you saw Moses and Elijah. It's like he puts it in the category of a vision, but leading up to this, it's describing it as if it actually happened. So I think that's one of the fun parts about opening up the Word of God. There's some mysteries there, um, and I'm not, I'm not claiming to have any of that figured out. I think it's okay to to have some mysteries to it, but it is, yeah, it is fascinating that it describes this event that actually took place, and then Jesus saying, do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of wild. I, I know we're only reading Matthew 17, 1 through 9, but one of the, if you if you continue reading um, this story in the Gospels, on the way down the mountain, one of the things I've always found fascinating is the disciples ask Jesus about when Elijah is returning, and it's almost like, why did they pick that one? Like you just saw the bright cloud that spoke about Jesus being his son. You just saw Moses. You just saw Elijah. You just saw Jesus transfigured right in front of your face. He shined like the sun. His clothes were as white as light. And the first thing you say is, when Elijah coming back? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think 
I think I would have a lot of questions about everything that just took place. But, but one of the things that I know about Elijah, right, the spirit of Elijah, you know, Jesus had that, um, uh, John the Baptist, he came in that. And obviously there was Elijah and Elisha. But one of the things it talks about with the spirit of Elijah is um, will return the hearts of the fathers to the sons and daughters and the hearts of sons and daughters to their fathers. And I, I have to think that, yeah, there's almost like a cry on every generation for that to take place. And yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can't wait to spend more time with the Lord talking with him about that, but I think it's fascinating. Um, I think it's there's also like a interesting dynamic here where I, I'm thinking of I we, we have three kids, and oftentimes I think about them as I read things like this. It says, do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Like you think of 12 disciples and only three of them got to see this miraculous event take place. Could you imagine they go back down to the other disciples and like, guess what we just got access to? Or guess what? I, talk about division. Talk about, hey, why? I mean, this is a period of time where disciples were like, who gets to sit on the right hand? Who's the best? Who's the greatest? And it's almost like Jesus knew hey, this was important for your lives, but I don't want you to come down from this mountain and start division. We need to stay united, and by doing that, this will have more insight and more revelation if you can wait until I'm raised from the dead. Um, it, it, was, it was like he was protecting that period of time where he was still going to be with them. I think there's also times where he speaks to us and says, hey, you know, I gave you insight into a situation, but I'll let you know when the right time to speak about that is. Um, but yeah, this is fun. Again, um, we're, we're, we're closing out a time here. If you go to stewardshipmission.org, um, you can look for the different gospel reflections. And as we talked about in the beginning, I would encourage you to either start a group, talk with some friends about it. And whether you do that or don't, I would still encourage you to do it on your own. Get into the Gospels, break them open, ask the Holy Spirit to breathe on this as the living and active Word of God. And with that, I say God bless you today, and thank you for joining us. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. 
If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.